affects their, their way of thinking because at that point, all they can hear is that voice from their childhood telling them what they are not and what they will never, ever become. But that's not what God says. That's why it's so important that we know what the Master says about us. Amen? Because if, you, if we never understand that we can do great and mighty things through the Lord Jesus Christ, then we'll forever stay in the back seat when we're supposed to be in the front seat with God in the, in the uppermost seat driving. Amen? So, so they can become crippled in their understanding. That's why we, oh, I hear Holy Spirit. That's why we have to be careful what we say to our children even today. Because whatever we say, uh, it can cause them uh, uh, to be dumb and without speech and end up in a place of Lodabar who they have no clue who they are. And it's all because of the words that we speak. The words are powerful. You know, words speak death and life. If you want to put life to something, you've got to speak positive words. If you want to apply death to things, you speak negativity. So it's important that we understand how we need to respond to our children. Amen? Because whatever we say, eventually as they grow up, they're going to say the same thing to their own children, and they will continue and it becomes a, until it becomes a generational curse. Amen? So we've got to be very careful that we, we want to look at our legacy and make sure we're leaving the right legacy behind for our children because they're going to birth something too. But even though we may be in a place of Lodabar, there are some things that still can be birthed, and, and we're going to see that. Amen? So there are many, gods, many of God's people that's in Lodabar. And I'm like, God, that, 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 that blows my mind because we are the head and not the tail according to the word of God. Amen? See, we're supposed to be the one that's, that's speaking uh, things into existence, and we're supposed to be the ones, the, the body of Christ, is to, to exalt one another, not tearing one another down, and carrying out the, the things that the Lord Jesus told us to do. He said, greater works than these ye shall do. Now, I thought about it. I said, now, here it is, Jesus Christ. He was going around. He was, he was uh, um, healing the lame. I mean, he was opening the eyes of the blind, opening the ears of, of those that were, were dumb. I'm like, wait a minute, open the hearing. I'm, but he says, and laying hands on the sick, but he says, Greater things than these ye shall do. So how many of us are really operating in what Jesus Christ is saying? He said, greater things that ye shall do. See, we got to come out of that mindset. It's a mindset. The mindset that, that most church folk, and I can't speak for the world, and I can, and one time I was there too, but the mindset is I can't. That word can't should never be in, in our vocabulary because the Bible says, we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us. Amen. So whose report are we going to believe? We're going to believe the report of God. Amen. I'm going to believe the report of God. He said, I can do all things. Even though the task may look big, even though the task may look enormous, yet God tells me I can do all things through Christ Jesus. He said, if any man like wisdom, he said, ask of him. So when we say, well, I don't know how to do God says, well, ask of me, I'll tell you. So how many of us ask God when we don't know how to do something? Think about it. Think about it. It has everything to do with that mindset being lost in Lodabar. All right, now let's continue. Let's continue. Let's continue. Now, looking at, now watch, watch what happens when we're sold in that mindset. 
that no leadership ability or we're, we're dumb and we can't hear, you know, uh, because we've been sold into bondage, we've been sold to operate for Satan. Now, Second Samuel chapter number 9, now let's look at verse number 5. Verse 5, and we're almost done. Verse 5 says this, um, Then King David sent, meaning love, and fetched him out of the house of Micah, the son of Mia from Lodabar. Now, when God decides and he comes looking for us, immediately he goes to work. He calls us from that place, calls us from that mindset. Amen? Calls us from that mindset. Then watch what happens in verse number 6. When God calls us from that place, how many times God calls us from a place and we struggle, we struggle, we struggle, we struggle, we struggle, we struggle, and, and we want to come out of that place. Amen? We fight, you know. It's like between the, it's between the, the, uh, the world and, and the Lord, being, being with the Lord. That, that's a fight that goes on. But and I, it has everything to do with the mindset. It has everything to do with the mindset. Now, verse number 6 says this. Now, now when Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, was came unto David, he fell on his face and did reverence. And David said, Mephibosheth. And he answered, Behold thy servant. Now, now the word Mephibosheth, that means to exterminate of shame, or exterminate of shame. Out of the mouth proceeds shame. It means uh, a scattering disgrace. But then I heard the Spirit say, it also means negativity. Whenever we're sold in a, in a place called Lodabar, then what happens, only thing that comes out of our mouth, because we've been sold into bondage, is negativity. So we are really speaking death on the situation and the circumstance that, that we are uh, uh, looking for or uh, uh, caught up in. I, I heard this minister, that, um, I think it was yesterday, day before yesterday, and, and normally I don't listen to him, Joseph Prince. Normally I don't listen to him because he, 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 I think he takes the, the thing of grace beyond too far. However, however, he did say something that caught my attention. He told the people, he said, I want you to stretch out your hand. That with your hand you're looking at, that is an obstacle that you are facing. He said, now, when you look at that obstacle, he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to say, grace, grace, grace. And he said, whatever that obstacle that you're facing, whatever that situation is, he says, grace is going to take care of that matter. And once grace takes care of it, he said, once you get the release and the, the, the power of grace, he said, you step back and let grace do its job. And I caught hold to that. So when I got to thinking about that, I began to think about this text. Now, he's calling him. Here he is. God is calling him out of Lodabar. And he falls on his face in, in a place of humility, a place of humbleness. But look at what he says here in verse number 7. Verse 7 says, And David said unto him, because there's an invitation. God gives us an invitation to come out of the mindset where we are. Now, verse 7 says, And David said unto him, Fear not, for I will surely show thee kindness for whose sake Jonathan, thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of thy father Saul, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continuously. 
Now, there's a whole lot that's said there in that, that verse. There's a lot said there. There's a whole lot being said there. When the invitation is given, now, David, meaning, David means love, the beloved of God. He says, and David said unto him, he said, first thing he said, I want, to, I want to, to do is tell you to fear not. I'm calling you out, but don't come with fear. Now, fear, we can be paralyzed by fear. Fear is the opposite of faith, okay? So we can be paralyzed. So the first thing God speaks to him about is the fear because many times we are afraid of those things that we're uncertain about. You know, we're worried about the future. We're worried about tomorrow. We, we have this fear. We, we get it all up in our mind. What's going to happen? But the first thing he deals with is the fear. So that lets me know that, that those, the, those of us that enter in some time or another, we do enter into that place that God speaks to our fear first because that is what's paralyzing us. Fear will paralyze us and keep us from moving forward. We, move forward. we will not move forward because we're afraid of what's, what's out there. As long as God is with you, we don't have to be afraid of what's there. He says, I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. That's the word of God. So God deals, he deals with the fear. And then he says, for I will, here's a promise now, here's a promise, for I will surely show thee kindness, not for your sake now, not for your sake, because you didn't want into the mindset, the, the, that negative the mindset. He says, for Jonathan's sake. Remember now, Jonathan is Jehovah's gift. So what God is doing is God says, I am stewarding my gift. Huh. Uh, it's all about my gift because, see, as, as each one of us have gifts, we will pass that gift on to our children. See, whatever, with that DNA, something about what we do, we can look around and some of our children can express that very same thing. So he said, I'm going to show you kindness because of the gift, the gift that you have. Even though you're, you're, you've been spiritually crippled, because of that gift. See, your gift will make room for you and take you before great men. Now, some of these great men that, that God will take, take us before, they don't know God. But yet, God's going to use his gift that's on the inside of us and be able to minister to somebody else. That's why whenever you go, wherever you're going to go, wherever your, your destiny has called you, always remember the, the words of Christ. Always remember your teaching because the, the word of God says your gift will take you before great men. Now, it will make room for you. Now, whatever the situation is, Jay, this is for you. Whatever God has installed in, within you, empowered with you, your, your gifting ability, remember the, the first place you go to is just one room. God is saying your gift will make room for you. In other words, it will make you space. It will enlarge you. So right where you're going is not the end result of where you're going to be. It's, it's far beyond that. This is just a beginning process. So when you see that door that's going to be open and a magnificent door, remember the things that you may have to speak, speak to those superior to you, amen, because they too could be in that loadable state. And within that mindset and they're crippled, in their spiritual understanding, you'll get out there and you may know more than your superior. Amen. 
So your gift is going to make room for you. Wherever you're going, the things that God has in store for you, your destiny, your gift is going to make room for you and take you. Sometimes there might be some resistance, but God put the word take you. That means he's going he's to have to sometimes pull you before great men and women. Amen. That, but, the, the, but the space, the enlargement has already been set. It's, it's already been set now. He says, I'm going to show you kindness for that. But look at the next promise he says here. He says, and restore thee all the land of Saul thy father, and thou shalt eat bread at my table continuously. Now look at the love of God. Now we're in a mindset of Lodabar. We're without that leadership ability. The, the, the gift is dead. But God searches us out. And then he says, listen, I am going to restore. That's a promise. A promise. He said, I'm going to restore. Even though you've been sold in bondage, he said, I'm going to restore. How many folks have lost some stuff? Spiritually, physically, and financially. Amen. God says, I'm going to restore that. And I'm going to let you eat at my table continuously. I mean, he says, it's, it's a, it's a, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. It is a season of restoration. See, once you've been found, and once you allow the Lord to take you uh, before great men, in your, your gift, God said, I'm going to restore. He said, listen, I'm not just going to give you a little bit. He says this, I'm going to give you, I'm going to restore thee all the land of Saul, that, that, thy father. Now, death kills a whole lot of things within us, okay? But God is saying, listen, I'm going to restore all that. Can you imagine, can you, can you literally imagine that whatever your grandfather had that the enemy killed, whatever your great-grandfather had that the enemy killed, whatever his great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather had that was killed, God says, I'm going to restore all that back to you. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the, 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 the load, I mean, the, the, the load that, that's going to come your way? The truckload, not just from what your daddy Jonathan, your gift has, but he said, I'm going to reach way back down the lens. I'm going to reach way back and pull up everything that belonged to you that your family lost. And it's going to show up at your door. That's powerful. But the thing is, do we have discipline to handle it? Amen. Can, can, can you imagine? That's why he had to, had to speak to that fear because when God began to bless us and bless us and bless us, we get scared sometimes. Amen. But here he's saying, I'm going to restore all that. Whatever. Can you imagine what your, your granddaddy may have had? Somebody said, well, my granddaddy didn't have nothing. Well, maybe his gift that he had was, was so awesome that he was so afraid to use that was going to uh, bring forth great in, in, in his lifetime that will be restored back on you and his father and his father. and his, That's amazing. I can't begin to imagine all that will be coming our way. But we got to come out of the mindset of Lodabar. But this is what the Lord says here. He said, well, I'm going to let you eat at my table, uh, bread at my table, continue. In other words, he said, I'm going to constantly feed you. You'll have woke for nothing. Why? All that's coming. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. So all that that's, that's been laid up, God said, I'm about to release what's been laid up. 
But you get mindset got to be changed. Some people think, well, I'm always going to be poor. I'm always making minimum wage. No, no, no. You just spoke it. You spoke it, and that's where it stopped. Right there at your words, right there at my words. We just spoke it. You, you got to go beyond that. See, that, that's where the mindset, the renewing of the mind has to take place. You can become whatever God wants you to be and, and go forth and excel in everything God has for each one of us. Amen? Now, he said we're going to continually uh, uh, eat at his table. Now, look at verse number 8. Now, verse number 8. Now, here, here we go. When God says, I'm going to do all this, restoration is going to take place. You know, you're going to have uh, um, truckloads and truckloads and truckloads. Now, verse 8 says, I'm talking about Mephibosheth. He's, now, that word means he's, he's, he's shame. He's, he's exterminating shame. He's, a, he's spreading disgrace. He's scattering, you know, negativity. Now, verse 8 says, and he bowed himself and said, What is thy servant that thou should have looked upon such a dead dog as I am? Now, God has showed up at your door, said, I'm going to bless you beyond measure. I'm going to give you all that from way down the road. And all of a sudden, you go speak to God and say, well, why you want to do that for me? I'm, I'm worthless. I ain't no good. I'm just like a dead dog. Well, a dead dog has no, no use, right? This is the perception. And I heard the Spirit say, this is perception. This is how we perceive, just like Mephibosheth perceived himself to, to be a dead dog. He perceived himself to be worthless, worthless, no good. That's how he saw himself. No good. Why? Because that stuff had been implanted in him from the time he was young. Just the same way it is with people today. Amen? Now, let's look at Proverbs chapter number 23. Proverbs chapter number 23. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number 23. Proverbs chapter number 23. Proverbs chapter number 23. Proverbs 23. Proverbs chapter number 23. Let's look at verse number 7. Remember we talked about perception? How he saw himself was like a dead dog, worthless, okay? Now, Proverbs chapter number 23, it says this. For as he what? Thinketh. And his what? Heart. So is what? So is he. So is he. As he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we frame, even though God has a set destiny for us, because of our mindset, as we thinketh, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. His percept well, where does perception come from? Where does it come from? First thing we're going to look at, perception comes from knowledge. See, remember now, when, he, when, when his, the nurse, his support group dropped him, the Bible said he was lame, right? He was lame in his spiritual understanding. So when we're lame or we've been crippled in our spiritual understanding, then we will have 
a wrong perception of ourselves. Our mindset, well, nobody wants me, nobody cares about me, nobody loves me, you know, I, I, I have no value, it's nothing about me nobody wants. Well, that comes from our own perception. The word of God is true, right? What does the word say? As a man, what? Thinketh. Now, let me correct something. I know today is Father's Day. But for those out there who are yeah, you know, somebody as a man. No, God does not see gender. God does not see gender. Whether it be man or woman or child, it, it, says, it, it covers every bit. As he thinketh. If you think you'll never excel in life, that's what's going to happen. You will not excel in life. It's not that God does not have it for you. It has everything to do with the mindset. See, there, there is a leader. See, that's why it's so difficult so many times when people are rebellious. I wonder why, God, well, you know, why are people so rebellious? You know, he says it's like witchcraft. But when he created Adam and Eve, in the beginning they was on the same level. It was after the, the fall when things changed. So it's hard for people to submit. It's, it's really, it really is hard. But the fact remains, God tells us we have to submit because that's part of the Bible. Amen? So our perception is, listen, I don't have any knowledge. I'm crippled in my spiritual understanding. It is so easy to, 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 to close up the book throughout the week and never read God's word and, and seek God's face for direction and all of a sudden show up on Sunday morning and pick up the book that we hadn't picked up all week long and expect miracles to perform in our life. That happens a lot, right? Amen. It happens a lot. Amen. Sometimes, because of the, the crippling of our spiritual understanding, the more, the more that God gives us, and I have to tell you this too, because it comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, it brings sorrow. It brings sorrow. Well, why does it bring sorrow? Because when you know what God says and you see the world in the condition of people that you love in the condition that they are, it brings sorrow. I, I remember I used to tell a former pastor of mine, he passed away many years ago, I think maybe 20 years ago. I think it's been 20 years. And I said to him, I said, why can't they see? Why, why can't they not see, Pastor? Why can't they not see? I'm talking about the congregation. You know what he told me? He said, Brenda, you thank God that you can see. But it brought sorrow to my heart. It brought sorrow. It brought sorrow. Much knowledge, much wisdom brings sorrow. Because when you see and you know God has better for people and, 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 and they don't operate in that, then it brings sorrow to the heart. So there's that perception. He saw himself as a dead dog. He saw himself worthless. You know, I'm, not, I'm nothing. But got this awesome gift on the inside that will make room for him and take him before great men and women. That's phenomenal. And then the next thing about perception is perception, the way we think, has everything to do with our belief. Everything that we think has a lot to do with our belief. Now, I don't know about y'all, but through my, my church age teaching, I had a whole lot of wrong teaching. It came straight out the church. Amen. Can anybody witness that? See, you see, what we've been taught, it shapes and it forms your belief. And, and because it shapes and forms your belief, then you can think yourself as a worthless, uh, as, as a dead dog. Because your belief has been shaped and formed that way. There 
was a time, and that's one thing I, I can say for the, the house of destiny, we always impart into people and let them know that you got God on the inside of you. You can pray to God just like we can pray to God, and God will answer your prayer. There was a time in, you know, in our, all of our lives where we thought we're going to go run straight to the preacher and listen, he gives us and pray, ain't nothing going to happen. Well, the devil is a lie. He's a stinking lie. See, you've got to believe in the God that's within you. Do you discard the pastor? Do you discard the preacher? No, because the Bible says without a preacher, you can't hear. And then it says, how can he preach except he be sent? So he's vital. So for us, I would think, let you know and let those that's out there listen know that they have a powerful gift on the inside of them that God wants to use them. And no matter what the condition they may find themselves in, God is looking. Oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. God is on a hunt. He's looking for some people. He's looking for people to, to carry out his will, to do his, his destiny, to do his bidding. God is looking. God is looking. You know something that's amazing? I found that some of the most profound people that have some great knowledge are the ones that's lost in Lodabar. It's just that we got to go get them out of there. Because it's a mindset. It, it's, it's a mindset. See, your belief. Somebody said, well, I don't know. My, my mama raised me. My grandmama raised me. Well, listen, when you go down and check the book, what grandma said and great-grandma said, sometimes, most of the time, does not line up with what the Word of God says. Why? The reason why is because they got it passed on to them. And back in those days, they couldn't read. So all it was word of mouth. And then they had to hear it from somebody else. So it is very important that, that we study. And we always say, you know, greatness in every, greatness is in, in every one of you. Great. I don't care who it is. I don't care who you're a child. Because I'm, I'm, I'm always constantly watching and observing. Watching and observing. Even, even, you know, the last time I observed a baby Jonathan, baby Jonathan walked up here and he got the offering pan. And he was ready, you know, with the deacons to, to take up offering. You know, so, you know, he knew he, he needed some money because I think he went over to, to uh, Minister Tom and go get his envelope and put in that pan. He knew that you were supposed to put something in that pan. Now, baby John, I don't know if he's two years old or not, but he had been here long enough, he had observed long enough to know that the people were standing up there and people were putting money in that pan. They were putting the envelope in that pan, so he figured, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. See, you're shaping the mind. See, that's a belief. He's going to carry it on. Well, this morning, we were all in. The door opened. Even though baby Jonathan was playing and he's following behind his dad, Sister Sheila was coming through the door and he was watching the door. He, he took his mind off of what was going on and he looked to see who was coming in the door. You see, that, that's, that's something that, that God is saying. Always watch the door because you don't never know when the devil's coming in. See, and, and spiritually, he gave a spiritual lesson. He was saying, always watch that door. When that door opens, you, you keep, keep your ears alert. There may be open doors that God has for us, and if we miss that open door, we won't get what God has. But we also have to be careful because there is an open door that God has for us, but the enemy is always there too. He want to make sure you don't go and come into that open door. So he was telling an example. You can learn a lot from children if you just take the time to watch and observe. Amen? See, he, 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 keenness, sharpness, sharpness. 
So as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he your belief. What people, what people have taught you, what they've taught you. I remember a time in the church, and, you know, and the preacher was preaching, and he was just doing all that, you know, yawning and molding and all that stuff, and, you know, and people jumping up and screaming and hollering. I'm like, he ain't saying nothing. I mean, he's howling, you know. We had one preacher tell us that that's the gravy. When he got doing that moaning and stuff, he said, that's the gravy. Well, that gravy didn't have no meat in it. So it couldn't sustain me. Only the word of God can sustain us. And the last thing when it comes down to perception is this. Our experiences can affect our mindset. Remember now, his nurse, his support system had dropped him, and he became lame on his feet. One, one text says he came, became lame in both feet. He came lame not only in his spiritual understanding, but he was lame in his physical. Whenever you've been dropped, that becomes a part of your experience. And it can affect your mindset of how you deal with situations. But what God is saying today is he is saying, come on out of Lodabar. You do not have to be lost in Lodabar. You do not have to be lost in that mindset wherein you, you're dumb, you're without speech, you, you, you no direction. God says, you don't have to be there. He says, I'm calling for you. I'm calling for you to come and sit at my table. You can see how awesome God is when, 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 he, when he finds him and he brings him with him. And after he gets over that, that wrong perception, all of a sudden he tells the zebra, the one that means the legacy, he tells him, he said, now you take care of him. You know, he's going to sit at my, my, my table. He said, but you take care of him. In other words, you won't have need for nothing because everybody else is going to be working for you. Now, now, the servant had, you know, Zebra had, he had 15 sons. Everything that, 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 that Mephibosheth needed, he had somebody else to work for him and provide it for him. But the last thing is this. I saw in the very last verse, in that second chapter, verse uh, uh, 9, that very last verse, it says, He sat at the king's table, lame in his feet. You can be sitting, and I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, you can be sitting at the king's table and still be crippled in your spiritual understanding. You can be at the king's table, still crippled, still holding on to those old experiences and old beliefs and that old knowledge, and you still can be spiritually crippled at the Lord's table. And the beauty of that is God will still feed you at his table. Now let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. 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 We just praise God. We just honor the Lord. We are thankful and we're grateful. And um, we are excited to know that, that God is not. I pray that you are able to, to receive something from the, from, from the Lord of God.